بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد نعم so we begin with the next chapter for those who are following the Arabic text page 59 نعم باب قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب مبلغ أوعى من سامع the chapter, the saying of the Prophet that perhaps the one who has knowledge conveyed to him, he understands and comprehends better than the one who, who heard that information from its source. And so this is the chapter following on from the previous chapter. And... The hadith in the previous chapter, as we know, was concerning uh, the one who comes to a gathering and he sits where that gathering ends. And we uh, took the hadith of Abi Waqid al-Layfi, wherein he mentioned there's those three individuals that came to the masjid. Um, the hadith, uh, as, we, uh, as we know and as we studied. The connection between Al-Bukhari bringing this chapter after the previous chapter uh, we alluded to uh, last week and that is uh, the fact that in the previous chapter Al-Bukhari he by way of bringing the hadith that he brought or the hadith that he brought he proved to us and we took the benefit from the hadith that the one who comes to a gathering he sits at the front and he is uh, the best He's the, he's the best as it relates to those who come and, um, from them, the one who sits uh, at the back. The, the one who uh, is best from all of them is the one who comes and sit, sits at the front. And shyness does not prevent him from, from uh, coming and drawing near to the teacher in order for him to uh, understand, have, have a better understanding of what is being said. And likewise also to, uh, to receive that reward from Allah Taala. And so that was the, the hadith that we studied and that was one of the benefits that we took from the hadith and the understanding from that hadith. Um, although it doesn't mean that the one who, who comes to the masjid, comes to a gathering, doesn't find space at the front, uh, but he sits at the back, there is still good in that individual and his, yani his, uh, his action. However, Al-Bukhari, what he intends to bring here and the reason why he brought the next hadith and the next chapter is to show how it's possible after we've understood this from the previous hadith, that it is possible that someone who is further away, that he actually understands that information, that knowledge, that hadith, he understands it better than one who was closer, and the closest to the, one who, to the source. Whether that, whether that is physically, yeah, uh, a person could be further away, but he understands better than the one who is closer physically in person, or even as it relates to time. That, that, that someone who heard a hadith, he conveys it to someone later on, who wasn't present. He conveys it to someone later on, and the one who, who he conveys it to, that he has a better understanding of that uh, knowledge, that information, of that hadith. And so this is why Al-Bukhari is bringing this, and this is the wisdom behind Al-Bukhari bringing this. And so, as we mentioned previously a number of times, that the fiqh of Al-Bukhari is in the way he brings his chapters. And the order that he brings him and he's bringing us and he's, he's by way of this he's, he's uh, making very subtle points and benefits that he's, he's bringing to us now um, and so hence this is the chapter heading and then the hadith haddathana musaddad qal so al-bukhari says that musaddad narrated to him who said haddathana bishr that bishr narrated to him who said haddathana ibn aum an ibn sirin عن عبد الرحمن بن أبي بكر عن أبيه ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قعد على بعيده. so you had the isnad and in this isnad we have uh, from the benefits of this isnad your إخوة this chain of narration is that all of them abbasriyun all of them abbasriyun all of them were from from basra. يعني they were from basra or they settled in basra. every single one of these narrators. and likewise within this uh, chain we have uh, الرواية يعني 
narrating a narrating of this hadith or a narrating um, between three contemporaries and three from the tabi'in we have them uh, here within this chain and that is uh, Ibn Aoun Abdullah Ibn Aoun who narrates from Ibn Sareen Ibn Sareen Muhammad Ibn Sareen who narrated from Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr. Those three are tabi'in within the same generation, narrating um, one from the other. Now, the last of them being Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr, and he then narrates from his father, and Abi, as you can see in the chain, from his father, and his father was Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr Nufay'ah, Nufay'ah ibn Harith. Now, and so here, this, this is where knowing the men, the books of men, the names of men come into play. And those muhadithin, the scholars of hadith, they are able to, to uh, specify, specify or detail who exactly this individual is. So, an Abi, and this would go back to the books of men and the books of the Sahaba and so on. And so, uh, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakra, we have within that anyway, within the mention of his name, that he is the son of Abi Bakra. But that is just a kunya. That is just his kunya. His name was Nufayr ibn al-Harith. Now, Dhakr al-Nabiyya, that he mentioned the Prophet Sallallahu that he was sat on his camel. وَأَمْسَكَ إِنسَانٌ بِخِطَامِهِ أَوْ بِزِمَامِهِ That there was a person who, who took hold of his reins, the, meaning the reins of the, the, the camel, the reins that uh, the camel uh, have, uh, or the camels have placed on them, and the nose of the camel, he took a hold of the reins. Yani, uh, here we have bichipami or bizimami, because they both have the same meaning. Now here, as we mentioned before, some of the scholars, they paid attention to mentioning uh, or clarifying the mujmal or the mubham within the narrations so meaning something which is uh, just left as general or unclear like here we have the word insan a, per, uh, a man and so this is uh yeah and it, it is not clear who this person is it's not by name and so it's just general but some of the scholars those who uh, from them those who uh, went to some detail in trying to clarify who this individual was. It's mentioned that this person was Bilal. It's mentioned other than Bilal, but it's also been mentioned that the Rawi himself, Abu Bakr, it was Abu Bakr. And that, that is what seems to be the strongest position, that he was Abu Bakr, Abu, uh, uh, Abu Bakr himself. That he was the one who took hold of the reins. Naam. But the reason why here we have within this the wording of this hadith, وَأَمْسَكِ insanun. So it's a, a person who's, who's reading this hadith, he may understand from this that Abu Bakr is mentioning a, a, a man took the reins of the camel. <clears throat> but then why would Abu Bakr say a man and not mention himself? <clears throat> so here they say that, the scholars of hadith, they say that this is one of the other narrators within this chain other than Abu Bakr mentioning this. It is one of the other narrators saying that a man took hold of the reins of the camel, but it was Abu Bakr himself. It was Abu Bakr himself. So this is not Abu Bakr saying that a man took, and, and keep just leaving it general, a man. But rather he would have narrated and he said, I took the reins. But then later, one of the, the, these narrators, they narrated it without men, the mention of Abu Bakr being the one who took the reins. And this is, uh, the, the, the way the scholars come to this is through the other narrations, through the other wordings of the, the same incident, where Abu Bakr himself mentions that he was the one who took the, the reins. No. Do you have a question? No. Um, do you know it's Salah? Mm-hmm. Um, when people put their finger up... Mm-hmm. Um, Are you intending to stay until the end of the... the, the inshallah. So if you remember your question, ask me at the end, because it's, I think it's, it's not connected to, the, to, the, to this particular yet. But inshallah, we'll answer that, inshallah. So remember your question, inshallah. I'm interested and I want to know what, what, what your question is, inshallah. Mashallah. Jazakallah khair. <coughs> okay. So... Um, this, so we have uh, 
the mention here of a, of a man, as we've clarified, this was Abu Bakr, he took hold of the reins of the, cam of the camel, and he said, قال, meaning the Rasul, so he said, هذا, he said, which day is this? Meaning, addressing the Sahaba now, the Rasul on his camel, he said, which day is this? فسكتنا, and so we remained quiet. So we stayed quiet up until we thought that the Prophet would name this day with other than its name. Because we know which day this is. We knew what day it was, but he's asking the obvious. So we thought, we stayed quiet because we thought that he's going to name it with, with other than its name that we know. He said, the he said, is it not the day of Nahr, the day of sacrifice? During, during the, 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 the days of Hajj. Now, the tenth day, the day of Hajj, the day of Eid. The, the, the day of sacrifice and the, the day of Eid during Hajj. We said, of course. Then the Rasul he said, and which month is this? So yes, which month is this? But then we remain quiet thinking that he would name it with other than its name. Because we knew which month it was, but we thought, he's asking the obvious again. It must be, he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's going to name it with other than the name that we know. فقال, and then he said, أَلَيْسَ بِذِي الْحِجَّةِ Is it not ذِي الْحِجَّةِ قُلْنَا بَالَا We said, of course. قال, he, he then said, فَإِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَاضَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ حَرَامٌ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَحْرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا He said, indeed, your blood, your wealth, and your honor between you is sacred. كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا Just like the sanctity of this day of yours, this month of yours, in this month of yours, in this city of yours. Now, لِيُبَلِّغِ الشَّاهِدِ الْغَائِبَةِ فَإِنَّ الشَّاهِدِ عَسَى أَنْ يُبَلِّغَ مَنْ هُوَ أَوْعَى لَهُ مِنْهُ Let the one who is present convey that which I'm narrating to you, convey to the one who is absent. Let the one, of, let the one from amongst you who is present, let those who are present convey to those who are absent for indeed, the one who is present here, Asa and you man That perhaps that he narrates and conveys to someone who has more understanding and comprehension of that of that which I'm conveying to you than the one who actually heard it and was present. So this is the hadith. Uh, the hadith within this chapter, the only hadith within this chapter, and uh, we are going through the explanation of a Sheikh Zaid Al Madkhali, rahimahullah, and the Sheikh he mentions that this hadith, had al hadith, al Jalil, this magnificent hadith, alladhi huwa min dhimni khutbat al Nabi sallam, yom al Nahr fi hajjat al Wada' lahu shanun adim. He said this magnificent hadith which was from which was part of that khutbah and that addressing that the prophet gave on the day of nahr day of sacrifice during that farewell hajj it has a, a tremendous uh, station and yani, uh, it, it, it was a tremendous khutbah khataba an-nabiyyu al-ummata fi yawm arafata وَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ مَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِمْ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ مِنْ حُقُوقٍ وَوَاجِبَاتٍ That the Prophet ﷺ, he addressed the Ummah فِي يَوْمِ عَرَفَةَ For those who are studying Arabic, Arafa, as we know, is Isma Alam. It's a proper noun of a place. Uh, and so, it doesn't take the Tanween. And it should be Majroor, but it's, it is Majroor, but it's Majroor, Majroor بِالْفَتْحَةَ Because it's Manu مِنَ الصَّرْفِ فِي يَوْمِ عَرَفَةَ so he addressed the Ummah on Yom Arafah, the day of Arafah. And he explained to them that which is obligatory upon them towards Allah, Lillah, min huquq, from rights and wajibat, from obligations. 
And likewise, that which is obligatory upon them towards one another. Towards one another. وَمَا يَحْرُمُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنْ يَعْمَلُوهُ وَيَقَعُوا فِيهِ And likewise, that which is haram upon them, that they do. And that they fall, that they fall into. Those things which they should not be doing. And it's haram for them to do, and to fall into. فَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ فِي حَجَّةِ الْوَدَعَ هَذِهِ وَفِي يَوْمِ عَرَفَ وَيَوْمِ النَّهَرَ مَا يَحْتَاجُونَ إِلَى فَهْمِهِ بَيَانًا شَافِيًا And so he explained to them during that farewell hajj, he explained this to them, the day of Arafah and the day of sacrifice, that which they need to understand, a bayanan shafian, meaning a bayan wadihan, with a clear uh, bayan, with a clear explanation. The meaning of shafian here, wadihan, with a clear explanation. Hafidahu ashabu, kama fi hadith jabri tawil. The companions, his companions, they memorized that khutbah. And his, his address, his addressing. They memorize it as it's coming that hadith, the long hadith uh, of Jabir radiallahu anhu. وفي صفة حجة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والتي من ضمنها هذه الكلمات المباركات. Now, that hadith of Jabir which describes the hajj of the, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and from, from which also uh, contains these blessed words of the Prophet ﷺ, these kalimat al-mubarakat. Naam. وَلَقَدْ أَوْرَدَ الْمُؤَلِّفُ رَحْمَهُ اللَّهِ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ لِغَرَضِ أَنْ يُبَيِّنَ لِلْأُمَّةِ أَنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَى مَنَ عَلِمَ عِلْمًا أَنْ يُبَلِّغَهُ غَيْرَهُ Naam. And so, Al-Bukhari, he, he brought this hadith here, the author, he brought this hadith here, and his intent behind it was to explain to the Ummah that it is obligatory upon the one who has some knowledge, who knows some knowledge, has knowledge with him, that he conveys it to other than himself. He conveys it to others. وَقَدْ يَتَعَيَّنَ التَّبْلِيغ إِذَا لَمْ يُوجَدْ مُبَلِّغْ إِلَّا شَخْص أو أَكْثَرْ مِنْ شَخْص And it can actually become obligatory. It could become obligatory to convey now, to convey, if there isn't available, and there isn't found one, yani other than this individual, if there isn't found one who can convey, and one who, do, who conveys um, except for one individual, or more than one individual. It becomes obligatory upon them, and now in, specifically in their case, it becomes obligatory to convey to the Ummah, ما أراد الله Minhum. They convey that which Allah wanted from them, what He wants from them. Likewise, they convey that which the Rasul that which He came with. hadith, and this hadith, wherein the Rasul He said, Rasul He said, man minhum. That the one who is present, He conveys to one who has more understanding, comprehension than Himself. Ma'anahu, its meaning. أن يسمع الشخص الحديثة أو الجملة من العلم فيهملها إلى شخص عنده من من الذكاء نعم عنده من الذكاء وحسن الاستنباط ما لم يكن عند المبلغ. The meaning of this is that a person he hears this hadith or he hears some sentences meaning he 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 hears some knowledge and then he conveys it and carries it. To another person, this person who has a dhaka, intelligence, وَحُسْنُ istimbab, and he has, he's, he's proficient and he has the ability to extract, meaning to extract rulings. مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ عِنْدَ الْمُبَلِّغِ He has this ability, he has the understanding, he has the intelligence, that which the one who conveyed to him did not have and doesn't possess. فينشر علمه الذي فضل فضله عفوا فصله نعم واستنبط الأحكام منه نعم and so the knowledge that he extracts from this from this hadith and the 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 benefits and the rulings that he he extracts 
as a result, he spreads them. He, he, he clarifies the knowledge within it in detail. He extracts the rulings from it. And he makes it accessible to the people. Because he is able to explain it to them and extract the ruling. So he makes it accessible to the people. And so they benefit from it. And the Shaykh is saying here that there are a number of benefits, there are a number of evidences that, uh, that prove this. Yani, uh, other than that which has come in this hadith. فَأَسْحَابُ النَّبِيِّ صُلَّى اللَّهُ حَفِظُوا لَنَا الْعِلْمُ الشَّرْعِ الْكِتَابَ الْعَزِيزَةِ وَالسُنَّةِ الْمَطَحَّرَةِ The companions of the Prophet they preserved this Islamic knowledge from the great kitab, meaning the Qur'an, and the purified sunnah. وَجَاءَ مَنْ بَعْدَهُمْ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ وَأَتْبَعُ التَّابِعِينَ And then they came after them, those from the tabi'een, the second generation after them, and the atba' tabi'een, those who followed the second generation, meaning the third generation. وَعَلَى الْعُمُومِ الْقُرُونَ الْمُفَضَّلَةِ وَمَنْ تَبِعَ الْقُرُونَ الْمُفَضَّلَةِ مِنْ أَئِمَّةُ الْحُدَى And in general, the virtuous generations, and whoever followed the, those virtuous three generations from the imams of guidance, the leaders of guidance, the, the imams. وَأَخَذُوا يُدَوِّنُونَ الْمُتُونَ عَمَّنْ سَمِعُوهَا مِنَ السَّحَابَةِ أَوْ مِنْ كِبَارِ التَّابِعِينَ And so they began to then record down these matun and these texts. They began to record down, write down the ahadith and the athar and the narrations and so on. They began to write, record them down in, write, in written form and so on. From those who, they, who, who heard them yani from the source. And the, from, from, from those who heard these, these texts, such as the Sahaba and the Kibar Tabi'een and the uh, major uh, Tabi'een. Now, فَيْتَوَلَّا أَسْحَابُ الْقُدَرَاتِ عَلَى الْإِسْتِنْبَاطِ إِسْتِنْبَاطَ الْفَوَائِدِ الْجَمَّةِ وَتَفَاصِلِ الْأَحْكَامِ بَعْدَ النَّظَرِ فِي تِلْكَ الْمُتُونِ And so, these Imams, and those who had the ability, they undertook the task of extracting benefits, yani many benefits. Fawaid al-Jamma, yani kathira. They extracted many benefits from these mutun, from these texts, from the ahadith and so on. وَتَفَاصِيلِ الْأَحْكَامِ And the detailed rulings from the texts. After looking into these texts, they were able to do this. فَذَهَرَتْ الْمُؤَلَّفَاتِ الَّتِي صَارَ فِيهَا الْخَيْرِ الْكَثِيرِ لِلْأُمَّةِ So then, thereafter, they began to appear. Authorships. Authorships from, the, from these scholars, um, which brought much good to the Ummah. Now, وَلَوْلَى اللَّهِ ثُمَّ وَجُودُهَا مَسْتَطَعَ الْمَرْءَ أَنْ يُقَدِّمْ أَوْ يُؤَخِّرَ And so if it wasn't for... Uh, Allah, and then after Allah, the presence of these authorships and these uh, clarifications from the scholars, then a person will not be able to go forward or come back. Meaning he wouldn't be able to do anything if the scholars, if those who uh, proceeded didn't do that which they did, if they didn't convey, and if the, those who came after them didn't receive it and then extract the, the, the benefits and, and, and record down, then a person would not be able to go forward, go back or go forward. Meaning he wouldn't be able to, 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 to benefit. لكن المتأخر يمشي على الأثر وقد يزيد But the one who comes later, he, he follows in the footsteps of the one who came before. وقد يزيد And it's possible that he, he adds and he increases. The one who comes later, he adds to that which يعني, he received from those who came before him. He receives that which came before him. And he takes knowledge from those who came before him. But then he adds to this. That Allah may, يعني, this is a dua. You usually hear this in the form of a dua. Allah maftah It means basically Allah give you tawfiq. So here, what the Shaykh is saying that it's possible that this individual who came later, that Allah grants him success. 
في توضيح المسائل so this one who comes later he then increases and he's able to clarify the various matters from these texts which those who even came before him weren't able to do or didn't do and likewise he he makes corrections he makes corrections to some of their mistakes of those who came before he reproves them and he he, he makes corrections now and so he for example he makes bayan and he clarifies those things which were left general those things which were just left general he clarifies it and makes and, and explains them or he clarifies those things which yani have difficulty within them difficulty to understand he he, he clarifies it and he makes it easy to understand aw bayan ma yahtaju ila bayan or he just clarifies and explains that which is in need of clarification and likewise the sheikh did mention here but you don't have it in the arabic or that he he aw bayan khata aw bayan khata or that he explains um, a mistake he explains a mistake that an author before him yani when he authored a book it's possible he made a mistake but the one who comes later he then explains that mistake now when i heard and yani similar uh, to that yani this is what the, those, those who came later this is what they they they, they would do fa amara an nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wasallam an al-ghayb and so the Prophet he commanded that the one who was present that he conveys to one who is absent. That perhaps he conveys the one who heard, he conveys to one who has more understanding than him. in an understanding, that perhaps the one who is carrying some fiqh, meaning carrying some knowledge, that he is not a faqih, he is not one who understands. He's not one who understands what he's carrying. And perhaps he conveys it to one who has more understanding than him. However, the scholars do mention, and we're going to mention this at the end, and we bring the benefits uh, from the hadith. But... Um, just, just so you uh, know, and whilst it's come to mind, that the origin is that the one who hears it, that he has more understanding than the one who, who, who didn't hear it directly. That's why we say that the Sahaba, they have better understanding. That's the origin. But here, it's possible, we're saying it's possible, and the Rasulullah is saying it's possible, that one who comes after, has more understanding than the one who actually heard it from the source. So that's why you have some of the Sahaba, they would narrate to the kibar of the tabi'een, but these Sahaba who narrated it, they weren't known for extracting fiqh and rulings and so on, but they conveyed, and then the, 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 the tabi'een, those scholars from the tabi'een, the imams from the tabi'een, they would then extract all the, the rulings. However, the origin is that the one who hears directly, that he has more understanding than the one who comes later. That's the origin. However, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. It doesn't mean it can't happen. And that's why the understanding of Rubba here, Rubba Hamil Fiqhin, in English we would translate as perhaps. Um, but in Arabic, this word Rubba is, can be used for takfir and taqlil. Like in many cases, this can happen, or in few instances, it can happen. The meaning of Rubba here is taqlil. And so, the meaning of it, in other words, is that there are many times when someone who comes later, or one who, was, who wasn't present, he has more understanding than the one who was present. But we don't say akthar. We don't say most instances the one who came, came after understands better than the one who, who heard it directly. No. The origin is, is that the, those who heard directly have more understanding. That is why... If we have the statement of a Sahabi, statement of a companion about a particular matter, he explains a particular hadith, he explains an ayah, a verse in the Quran, or he explains a hadith. And then we have an imam who came, comes later, 
and he explains it, but explains it in a different way. He, ex- he extracts a different ruling, which opposes the understanding of the Sahabi. Then here, we say that the Sahabi, he is a'lam. He is more knowledgeable than adra and afqa. He is more knowledgeable of that which he narrates. And this is why they say that the rawi is a'lam bima rawa. That the narrator of the hadith is more knowledgeable of what he narrates. He, he's from, from, from everyone, he is more, more knowledgeable of that which he narrates. And we'll mention more concerning that uh, later on, bi'ithni ta'ala. Now, but the Sheikh, he, he's brought an additional word in here, which shows to us um, that the one who um, has knowledge conveyed to him, it's possible that he has more understanding than the one who conveys it. And as we mentioned before, also, many of the narrators, many of the names that we're hearing within these chains, many of them were not fuqaha. They weren't able to extract the rulings, but they preserved the hadith. They memorized them. And they passed them on, but they didn't extract. Like Al-Bukhari. Al-Bukhari was a muhaddith and a faqih. He was a scholar of hadith. He memorized a hadith. He had that precision. He was able to memorize. and we've, we, Without a doubt, it's difficult to memorize just one hadith with this chain. But these scholars would, scholars of hadith would memorize thousands, thousands of a hadith with their chains. So they were muhaddithin, but at the same time, they were fuqaha. Like Al-Bukhari, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal and others, they were scholars of hadith, they preserved the hadith, recorded them down, memorized them, passed them on, but at the same time they were able to extract the rulings and give um, benefits and, and, and rulings and, uh, and uh, extract the, the meanings and so on. Now, so the Shaykh continues and he says, فَذَهَرَتْ فَائِدَةُ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ وَذَلِكَ بِأَخْذِ النَّاسِ الْعِلْمَ بَعْدِهِمْ and so from this hadith, from the various wordings, there appears for us the benefit in conveying this knowledge. And that is that when the, the, the people, they take the knowledge from each other, they take the knowledge from each other up until this day of ours. They continue to do that because the Prophet commanded us to convey uh, this knowledge. And up until when Allah uh, and then he explained in this hadith the Rasulullah some important matters. And then he explained some important matters. From them, the impermissibility, the forbidden nature of spilling blood, killing. And the, yani, uh, the violation of people's honor to defame them and to malign their their, their honor. Wa akhil haq. Likewise, is take wealth without uh, due right. Wa li ahmiyat al amr, fa inna nabiya sallam jaa bi uslub yulfit yulfit anzar al samiin. And due to the important nature of these matters here. In the, the, the Prophet ﷺ, he came with a uslub and a manner when, when, he, when addressing them, a manner which would bring about their attention, bring about the sight of those who were listening, meaning they would turn to him and look to him and listen to him with attention. And that is the, يعني, his statement, that he, 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 he turned to them and he said to them, which month is this? And which city is this? And he says that this is well known with all of them, with everyone. It was well known. They knew it was the Hijjah. They knew this was, uh, was Mecca. They knew all of this. And the reason why the person did this is due to the important subject which he was going to convey to them and, 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 and throw to them. So That which he was going to say to them and throw into their hearts and into their, to their, to their, to their, to their, to their ears and um, 
يعني that which we, they, would, they would hear and listen to. فقد سلك هذا الأسلوب البليغ. So therefore, the Rasulullah he started started in this manner, asking them which month is this, which city is uh, is this, um, which day is this. يعني using this manner, this profound and far-reaching manner of speaking to them. وكفى به بلاغة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم هو قائل. يعني it's sufficient enough. يعني that it's يعني if we're talking about it being far-reaching and being extensive and profound, it's sufficient enough that the Prophet is saying it. That's sufficient enough. That's sufficient enough. And the fact that he is Afsahul Khalq, he is the most eloquent of the people in speech. And the most knowledgeable from them concerning Allah and the most sincere to the servants of Allah. That is sufficient. In order for just whatever he says, for that to be far-reaching. However, uh, on top of that, he came with this uslub. He came with this manner of, of, of speaking to them. Naam. Qal, and so he said, فَإِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَاضِكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ حَرَامَ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا وَفِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا Indeed, your wealth your indeed your blood your wealth your honor between you, yourselves is sacred just like the sanctity of this day of yours this month of yours uh, in this city of yours now for the muslim haram and so the blood of the muslims is haram and along with the blood of the muslims the blood of the non-muslims likewise it is not permissible, haram, forbidden, to transgress against the blood of the non-Muslims. Now, so the Shaykh, he says that, likewise the blood of the non-Muslims, it is forbidden to spill their blood and to transgress against them. Now, kafir al-mustatman, like the disbeliever, the non-Muslim, who has been granted or who seeks protection. He seeks protection from the Muslims. Fidolatil Islam, he, he in the lands of the Muslims, he comes to them seeking protection. Now, what dahil ila dolatil Islam be ivn be ivnin ala shurut alati tashtarituha alayhi dolatul Islam kalmuahad. Likewise, the one who enters the lands of Islam with permission and based upon conditions which that Islamic country and that Muslim country uh, places upon him. Kalmu'ahad, like the one who has a contract with the Muslims. There's some contractual agreement, he enters into the Muslim lands. Al-Mu'ahad la yajuz li ahadin an yasfika dama. The one who has a contractual agreement with the Muslims and has entered the lands of the Muslims, it is not permissible for anyone to spill his blood. Oh, you see a ilay. Oh, now you see a ilay. Or that he is evil towards him in any way. Be isa'atin. That he is evil to, towards him with any kind of evil. La fi dami, wa la fi irdi, yuhudiyan, or nasraniyan, or ghir dalik. Wa huwa mu'ahad. Now it is not permissible to be, to be evil towards him in any way. Not towards his blood or his honor, whether he is a Jew, or a Christian, or other than them. Whilst he is a Mu'ahad, one who has a contractual agreement with the Muslims. Because he has taken a contract, he's taken a contract, an agreement, and he's been given an agreement and a contract, based on conditions, which the Muslim country had placed upon him. وَلِذَلِكْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ الثَّابِتِ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم That is why they came in the hadith which is established and authentic from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم مَنْ قَتَلَ مُعَاحَدًا لَمْ يَرِحْ رَائِحَةَ الْجَنَّةِ وَإِنَّ رِيحَهَا تُوْجَدْ مِنْ مِسِيرَةِ أَرْبَعِينَ عَامًا Whoever kills a mu'ahad and you already know now the meaning of the mu'ahad the mu'ahad the non-Muslim 
who has a contractual agreement with the Muslims. Whoever kills him, he will not smell the fragrance of paradise. And indeed, its smell and its fragrance could be found from a distance of 40 years. Now, and the ruling of the one who has sought protection from the Muslims and the one who has entered into the lands, lands of the Muslims with condition or with permission from the people of Kufr, from the disbelievers, the, the ruling is that it is not permissible to spill their blood or to dishonor them. Now, or to, uh, yeah, uh, to, uh, to defame their honor or to transgress against them in their wealth. حَتَّى إِنَّ الشَّوْكَانِ رَحِمُهُ اللَّهِ Up until that Imam, Imam al-Shawkani رَحِمُهُ اللَّهِ he said concerning the meaning of this hadith, he said, بِأَنَّ الْجَنَّةَ عَلَيْهِ حَرَامٌ That Jannah is haram upon him. Paradise is forbidden upon him. وَأَنَّهُ خَالِدٌ مُخَلَّدًا فِي النَّارِ And that he will abide in the fire for a very, very long time. This doesn't mean he will never end, exit the fire. Because the Imam did not say خَالِدٌ مُخَلِّدًا أَبَدًا the verse is also in the Quran where Allah uh, He threatens the one who kills um, uh, another believer, the Muslim who kills another believer, that he he, he will he will uh, enter the fire. Khalidan muhalidan, muhalidan, that he will uh, enter the fire and abide within the fire. But that doesn't mean eternally; it just mean, it means for a very long time. Yes, meaning haram for a long duration. Yes, because we have to combine everything together. As Muslims, when we uh, say we believe in the Quran and Sunnah, we have to accept all of the Quran and Sunnah. And we can't take one hadith and reject the rest of them. Because the, there are other hadith that tell us that whoever says La ilaha illallah, sincerely from his heart, will enter paradise. So how can we put that into action? And this hadith into action. That is by saying that whoever performs any of those actions that mention if he does such and such he will enter the fire or that the paradise is haram upon him however he is from the people of la ilaha illallah that we combine by saying that he will enter the fire however he will eventually be taken out and put into paradise and that is why we also have the hadith of the jahannamiyul the hadith of those who will enter the fire from the believers from the muslims the people of tawheed and the reason why we say people of Tawheed is because we know that the Prophet he said that that um, that uh, the 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 none will enter paradise except for the nafs mu'mina, the believing. None will enter paradise except for the believing uh, uh, soul. Uh, and the nafs mu'mina, without a doubt, we again take into consideration all of the evidences, all of the texts together. Then that is the one, because the Iman, when we say a believing individual, from the very foundations of his Iman is the Tawheed of Allah. Now, and so, uh, as long as a person dies upon Tawheed, but he, if he has with him sins which, that Allah chooses not to forgive, but to punish him for those sins, if he enters the fire, he will eventually be taken out. And so again, as we mentioned, the hadith of the Jahannamiyun, wherein the Rasul he mentioned that there will be people who will enter the, the fire and they will be reduced to coal. The fire will reduce them to, to, to hot coal, to, to burnt coal. And then when Allah wills, He will take them out and they will be placed into the river of life. And then they will grow, their bodies will grow back again. Then they will enter paradise. Now, and so this is concerning uh, those who fall into these kinds of sins. Now, uh, and so the Sheikh he says that whoever kills uh, uh, Mu'ahad, um, that uh, this is this statement of the Rasulullah is applied to him. Lam yarah, 
Raihat al-Jannah, that he will not uh, smell the fragrance of paradise. Meaning the one who kills the Mu'ahad, the one who has a contractual agreement with the Muslims. وَهَذِهِ مِنْ مَزَايَ شَرِيعَةِ الْإِسْلَامِ And this is from the distinguishing matters of the legislation of Islam. وَمِنْ خَصَائِسِهَا From its yani, things, those things which are specific to it. That it is forbidden al-ghadar, it is forbidden uh, treachery and betrayal. And it is forbidden al-abath bil-mustaminin wal-mu'ahideen. And it is forbidden us from playing around with those who seek protection from us and those who have contractual agreements with us. So it is not permissible for anyone and ya'tadiya alayhim. It is not permissible for anyone that he transgresses against them fi damin or malin or erdin in their blood, their, their, their wealth or their honor. Or bi ayy no'in min anwa'i il adha. Or to transgress against him in, in any way, in any, any, with any form of, uh, of harm. وَأَمَّا الدَّمُّ الْمُسْلِمُ فَهُوَ مِنْ بَابِ أَوْلَى As for the blood of the Muslim, then more so. Then more so. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, سِبَابُ الْمُسْلِمُ فُسُقْ He said, abusing another Muslim is sin. وَقِتَالُهُ كُفْرُ And fighting him is kufr, disbelief. And likewise, he said, Ali sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَا تَرْجِعُ بَعْدِ كُفَّارًا يَضْرِبُ بَعْدُكُمْ رِقَابَ بَعْضًا He said, do not return after me. Do not return to being kuffar, disbelievers. يَضْرِبُ بَعْدُكُمْ رِقَابَ بَعْضًا Some of you striking the next of others, meaning killing each other. Now, however, as we clarify, and it's important that we make this clarification, that the meaning of kufr here, meaning of disbelief and the meaning of kuffar being disbelievers isn't that they leave Islam and the Muslim who fights another Muslim we don't say it's the kuffar which expels him outside of Islam but it is kuffar in the sense that it is a branch and an action which is a branch of disbelief because every sin is a branch of disbelief but not every sin is uh, that, that major disbelief which expels a person outside of Islam. Just like every good action is a branch of Iman. From those actions, those actions you have to do. And from them, those actions which are mustahab. From the good actions. And so, saying La ilaha illallah is a good action. And it's a branch of Iman. And in fact, it's an action you have to come with. If you don't come with it, you have no Iman. You have to say La ilaha illallah. You have to believe in it. And so, similar. Or in the opposite manner, all of the actions of disobedience are branches of disbelief. But from them, those actions, if you do, it doesn't take you outside of Islam. It doesn't mean you've disbelieved and ex exited Islam. But from them, yes, actions which are disbelief, the disbelief that takes you outside of Islam. Such as making du'a to other than Allah. Or making mockery of the religion and so on. And likewise, the... the, the, the the uh, saying of Allah Ta'ala which shows us clearly that fighting another Muslim is not kufr is in Surah Al-Hujarat uh, where Allah Ta'ala he says وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينِ تَطَلُوا that if two groups from the Muslims fight one another and so here look Allah Ta'ala he, he referred to them these two parties as being from the believers وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينِ if two groups from the believers fight, then bring rectification between them. Up until Allah, He says, at the, uh, He says, uh, uh, after He says, um, Indeed, the believers are brothers. So He referred to them as believers and as brothers. Now, even though they fell into the, this, this sin of fighting. Now, um, and likewise, the saying of the Rasul. وَلَا يَحِلُّ دَمُ مْرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا بِإِهْدَى ثَلَاثِ النَّفْسُ بِالنَّفْسِ وَالثَّيِّبِ الزَّانِ وَالْمَالِقُ مِنَ الدِّينِ التَّارِكِ لِلْجَمَاعَةِ Now, that it is not permissible that the blood of a, of a Muslim man is not permissible to be taken the one who bears witness to لا إله إلا الله and that I am the messenger of Allah except on three 
occasions, or except for three situations. And nafsu bin nafs, soul for a soul, life for a life, meaning. And that is the law of qisas, of, uh, of the law of retribution. Wathayb al-zani. is yani, the adulterer or adulteress. Wal-marq min meaning the one who apostates from his religion and he, he uh, leaves the uh, body of the Muslims. That these three, the uh, texts, the religious texts, have made permissible their blood. And again, an important clarification that the likes of such narrations and such rulings uh, are carried out not by the general Muslims and definitely not in the lands of the non-Muslims. That these, rule, these uh, rulings and these ahadith are restricted to the leaders of the Muslims, to the leaders of the Muslims, the rulers, the uh, rulers who have governments in, the, in their, they have their own countries and they have a, 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 a judicial system, they, have a, they, they, they implement the Sharia and the law and they have a, have a, uh, a judicial system and they carry out the various uh, laws and, 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 and punishments and so on, it is the leaders and those who are in charge and authority that uh, carry out these uh, rulings and uh, these ahadith. Now. But, but if, if, if the government is well known for corruption, then, then mm -hmm. what's the ruling on that? It's still, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long discussion, but it still doesn't mean that the layman takes these rulings into his own hands and he now says, well, if the rulers are not implementing these rulings, then I'm going to do it. No. That is a different matter. Uh, and we've covered that in the past. Um, but uh, in brief, the Rasulullah he told us that there will, there will be rulers, rulers who won't judge by his guidance, they won't judge by the Sunnah. But he commanded us, he and he guided us to to uh, how we are to deal with such rulers. And he said that we are to listen, to we are to hear and obey them, meaning in those things which are in obedience to Allah. As for those things which involve disobedience to Allah, then we don't obey them in that. And likewise he taught, he commanded us to advise them, to advise the rulers, to take them by the hand, to advise them in secret and so on. That's the obligation that is upon us. That is the obligation upon the general folk that they advise the ruler. If they see something from the ruler, but Allah, the, Allah has not uh, yeah, placed the obligation upon us, nor did the Rasulullah place the obligation upon us, that we, carry, we then in turn carry out these rulings by, yeah, uh, by ourselves. Uh, but rather, uh, he guided us to uh, doing that which is upon us, and that is that we advise them, make dua for them, and so on. Now, uh, and, and so the Shaykh, he brings this hadith here to show how uh, it is not permissible to spill the blood of a Muslim except for these three situations. The, the Sharia has, uh, through its text, has made the blood of these three individuals permissible. And then the Shaykh, he, he goes on to explain uh, in a bit more detail concerning this hadith. And uh, inshallah, we'll continue with this uh, in the coming dars. Hada wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.